Welcome back to the Faith at Work podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. In case this is your first experience with Faith at Work, my messages address spiritual, religious, and scriptural issues with practical value for your life at work or at home. I invite you to join me each week in exploring the questions which defy easy answers. What's the purpose of my life? Why is there so much suffering in the world? How can I become the best version of myself? We'll often be turning to scripture, other sources of religious wisdom, and the events of everyday life to help us in our spiritual quest. I try to relate without prejudice to people of all religious traditions and those who claim no religious allegiance at all. So let's get started. We are the Mustangs, the mighty, mighty Mustangs. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. We are the Mustangs, the mighty, mighty Mustangs. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are, so we tell them. You can repeat that until you get hoarse. That was the chant of my high school sports teams, the Independents, that's Iowa, Mustangs. In those glory days, I walked around proudly in my maroon and white actually burgundy and cream, letter jacket, with my chest puffed out to accentuate the stitched-on chenille eye, which was studded with a golden football and winged foot, indicating the sports in which I'd lettered. I did everything I could to make the gold, silver, and bronze track medals dangling from the letter produce an attention-getting clang whenever I could. They were mostly gold, need I add, because I was great, All of us Mustangs thought we were great. I'm not too embarrassed when I recall my adolescent arrogance. Acne and egotism are partners in crime that help teachers and parents earn their pay. There's something healthy and necessary about team spirit and school chants. They bind young people together and help them develop a positive sense of self-worth. To a point. We all need, as they say, get knocked down a notch or two once in a while. Like when our undefeated Mustang football team got beat 57 to nothing by Monticello. Without an occasional eye-opening smackdown, I suspect that we would have all just become adult jerks. The same principle applies to patriotism. Patriotic anthems, the enthusiastic waving of national flags, and inspirational slogans have their place. There's something healthy and necessary about all of them. In America, they bind us together as a nation and help us develop a sense of national self-worth. To a point. The bravado of America, which bristled with pride after helping save the world from the Nazis during World War II, got knocked down a notch or two by the eye-opening horrors of Korea and then Vietnam, Uh, There were lessons to be learned from war. Unfortunately, the battlefield is a much crueler and unforgiving teacher than the football field. The American people today are conflicted when it comes to displaying American pride and acts of patriotism. Some see honoring the flag a sacred duty of anyone who would claim to be a true American. Others use the refusal to honor the flag as a tool to protest injustices and view the right to those protests as an essential sign of the freedom that the flag represents. Those who hold the flag as a sacred symbol, protected from any type of desecration, 
believe that those who take a knee during the national anthem lack team spirit. Those who protest characterize those who stand with hand over heart as adolescent cheerleaders who just need to grow up. A recent flashpoint in this heated controversy is the slogan, Make America Great Again, which has been distilled and emblazoned on hundreds of thousands of red caps bearing the logo MAGA. The Make America Great Again chant can serve as a jumping-off point to help us understand what all the fuss is about, why we're so divided, and maybe how we can reunite and heal as Americans so that we can move forward. Make America Great Again served as a clever and effective campaign slogan that helped get a president elected and still serves to unite his supporters. This rallying cry has energized millions of Americans who have previously felt powerless and disenfranchised. And people wear those hats proudly, and there's nothing wrong with that, to a point. Politics and international diplomacy are not high school sports. Because of America's leadership and power in the world, we bear the responsibility of a grown-up nation, lest the world see us a nation of adult jerks. There are a couple of inherent flaws with MAGA, if we try to make it more than a cry at a pep rally. First is the concept of greatness. Exactly what does it mean to be a great nation? There are a lot of possibilities. Greatness could mean that we are powerful economically and military. We have a great economy. We certainly are powerful. We have the most potent military force on the planet. Or greatness could mean that we are a city on a hill, a great beacon of justice and freedom to the world. This is a place where everyone's free to express their opinions and even their displeasure. Those are among our founding principles. American greatness could simply mean that this is a place that we love to call home and feel blessed to live here. I think all these things make America a great place to call home. However, there is a problem with greatness as an ideal. It easily morphs into superiority. Like the mighty, mighty Mustangs, we can convince ourselves that we are better than others. We're undefeatable. And when that happens, we risk devaluing others. And when we go too far down this road, we're setting ourselves up to, to getting knocked down a notch or two. And as we have experienced in too many tragic wars, the human costs of that smackdown are high. And they're lethal. And before I leave the subject of greatness, let me inject what Jesus had to say when his disciples argued among themselves over who was the greatest. He said, Whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be a slave of all. For him, greatness meant humility. In the MAGA slogan, there is also a problem with the word again. This implies that something is wrong with America now and that there is some past ideal condition that we can return to. We want to return to the glory days, which begs the question as to when those glory days existed. Were the glory days the revolutionary period, when brave colonists fought for freedom and designed our constitutional government? 
Well, life was pretty hard then. Were the glory days the period of elation following World War II and the industrial and economic boom of the 1950s? Though this was a good time for much of the middle class, it was also a time marred by racism and civil strife. In these happy days where we picture nuclear families living behind white picket fences existed more in black and white sitcoms than reality. Whatever good old days you choose, look closely and you'll find that they had their problems too. As a mature nation, a nation that, like it or not, bears a disproportionate say in the welfare of people around the planet, we need an identity defined not by slogans, whipped up patriotic fervor, or even flags or other national symbols. We need an identity born of character, of a free people under God, who think of themselves not as great, but as grateful. Can a few words make a difference? I think they can. Let me suggest two powerful words kindness and gentleness. These words didn't originate with me. In his inauguration speech in 1990, George H.W. Bush said that he wanted to build a kinder and gentler nation. I'm sure, biblical scholar that he was, that he borrowed them from the Apostle Paul who said, love is gentle, love is kind. Of course, President Bush was ridiculed for being an unrealistic dreamer and didn't win re-election. And the only place Paul's description of gentleness and kindness as being the key qualities of love is read at weddings and who pays attention to wedding sermons. Nonetheless, let me suggest an improvement to the Make America Great Again slogan. Let's try Make America Kind or Make America Gentle. And let's not embroider a mag or mac on baseball caps. Let's embroider the words kind and gentle on our hearts. Let's make them more than a slogan. Let's make them who we are. I still love a parade. I will always revere the flag. I will get chills down my spine when a flock of F-16s performs a flyover on the 4th of July. And yes, there is still something in me that wants to shout, we are the Mustangs, the mighty, mighty Mustangs. But my letter jacket long ago was tossed into the trash, along with those shiny signs of greatness pinned to my letter. But the glory days aren't gone. The real glory days are reserved for the kingdom of God, where the kind and gentleness of love will prevail. And that will be great. Thank you for joining me. I hope you'll stop back again and check out some of my previous episodes. May God bless you in your work and your play when you're at home and when you're away. You are loved and you matter. And may all your days be glory days.